and welcome to the Her International Film Festival podcast. My name is Molly Cantwell and I'll be your host. Throughout this season of the podcast, I'll be conversing with outstanding young female filmmakers all around the world, recognising and addressing the struggle of being a female filmmaker and celebrating the future generations. This week, I'm speaking to Bella Roberts, an up-and-coming young filmmaker. Bella is a film student based in London who, despite only being 19, already has an impressive amount of editorial and directorial experience. I'll be chatting to Bella around the theme of relating online. We'll be talking about how filmmakers use the online world to connect to people and how we make our personal experiences relatable using film and the online world. So we're joined this week by the lovely Bella Roberts. Bella, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast to chat to us. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. So we are talking about around the theme of relating online this week. So I'm going to ask Bella some questions first, then we're going to get into talking a bit about the theme as well. Bella, first things first, will you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, My name is Bella Roberts. I'm 19. I'm a filmmaker and aspiring editor. And currently I'm in my kind of first slash second year of film school. I was reading um, a little bit on your website about the link that you you sent on to us for a little bit of research before coming on to uh, chat to you. I saw that you're very interested in directing and obviously you said that you're an aspiring editor. So what got you interested in directing and editing? Basically, it's kind of complicated, but when I was younger, I kind of grew up in a generation where phones were like a thing because I feel like a lot of the older filmmakers they kind of grew up without phones and they had the whole like cinema you know what do you call a video a or like mini dvs or something like the the tape recorders but I grew up with iPhones were just a thing and I remember my parents had a phone and they would always let me borrow it when I was younger to like do things and instead of like you know playing games or whatever I would open the video tool and like make these really bad videos like they have really like can everyone just remember when they made their first ever videos and you look back and you think what is this atrociousness that was pretty much me when I was younger and um I would make these silly videos and Vine was do you remember Vine like Vine was a really big thing I'd make these vines and my mum absolutely loved them but I swear if I ever saw them again I just would want to like hide under my blanket. But I'd make loads of those and I just made these short films with my sister and I would edit on like Splice. It was a free editing software at the time, but it's now paid because, you know, that's what, you know, all these apps are doing now, making their apps paid. But at the time it was free and um, I would just edit on there. And, you know, I discovered, you know, I actually really enjoy this. I actually really love making videos. And then from there, I like started a really rubbish YouTube channel, which I've, I've sort of continued. I think I've reached like 1K subscribers now. And then I just, you know, developed my editing skills. And then, you know, when you're younger, you request like toys and clothes or whatever for Christmas. But I requested a camera for Christmas, like when I was 13. And my brother, who was a big into photography at the time, got me like this Canon 1200D, I think. And then from then he got me Premiere Pro for my 14th birthday. And so it was like really weird birthday gifts that you probably wouldn't give a child. But I, I absolutely loved it. And from there, it just kind of grew really. Okay, that's really interesting. That's so sweet that it was kind of like a little sibling starter camera gift and your love has grown from there. Can you tell me, you've mentioned that you're a film student. Can you tell me a little bit about your experiences um, starting out as a film student and starting out kind of 
in the business and the work that you've done so far? Yeah, so I did media studies. So in England, it's like you have sick form, which is a bit like college when you're 17, 18. So I did media studies. And then from there, I discovered I just, I loved it. And during that time, I was having really hard time in school. And um, I never, ever attended school. And instead, I was off doing film shoots. And I'm really surprised I did not get kicked out of school because I don't know how, but I managed to pass school with like, 48% attendance or something so you know if my teacher's ever listening to this like thank you for not kicking me out but (laughs) from there I went to uh, uni um, met film school in Ealing I had to get out a massive loan to go to it but it's honestly been like probably one of the best decisions ever a lot of people say like you can go to film school but you can also just go straight into the industry there's a lot of debate about Mm. that like oh should you go to film school should you go straight into the industry but for me I felt Film school was the right path because I was only 18. Not even that, I just turned 18 and I was fresh and I I felt just going straight into work would be too overwhelming for me. So Mm. I joined film school, had a really great time. I've met some really lovely people. I'm only like halfway through my course anyway, but it's been really great because I can do film school on the side. Like I I love how I say it's a side thing, but to me it kind of is like I do film school on the side and then the other times I just do projects. I mean, 16 was the first time I ever done a project, like a proper, I guess, film shoot. Do you know those festivals, which are the 48-hour film festivals, um, which literally kill you by the end? A friend of a friend (laughs) knew I was interested in film and invited me on to that film set, and I was a runner on it. And I will never forget that experience because I messed up the sandwich order, and I I apologise for all the crew that are listening to this, but... I messed up the sandwich order and it was the director's order that I messed up. And I've never felt so bad about this in my life. If the director's ever listened to this, I apologize so much. Um, It was a really, it was a really great experience for me. And doing this like really cemented, you know, I do have a career in this. Like I have somewhere to go. I just, I was really stuck at the time, but this, this really cemented like what I wanted to do. Film shoots. I've done a lot of music videos because I'm from a family of, how many siblings? I forget now. Seven siblings. And so each of us are creative. And so my sister's a musician. I do a lot of her music videos. Uh, my brother's a screenwriter. So me and him collaborate on a lot of things. And he also wants to be an actor. So he writes it, I film it, he acts in it. The film industry works a lot by word of mouth. So a lot of the jobs that I get are like from people who have heard that I do stuff. I had a gig for the West End last week. And that was literally through word of mouth. And that was like the best opportunity ever. Um, I went and filmed for their show and they like my work and they want to have me back for more work. So it's really great. Like the opportunities I've been getting is just beyond what I expected. And, you know, I'm only 19. Like there's, I have so many more years of my life. Like this is only the beginning. So yeah, I've, I'm just super excited to see what's to come really. That's so exciting. Everything that you said is me smiling from ear to ear. If anyone could see like the behind the scenes of recording this podcast, I've just been smiling the whole way through this. It's so exciting. I love the kind of fresh attitude of just getting into an industry and, you know, having to kind of try different paths to get into different things. It's so exciting. Speaking of different kind of paths, I'm going to move on to the kind of relating online theme because obviously the online world is one avenue that can get you started in an industry and a very important avenue at that. As a relatively new and young filmmaker, how have you found the use of the online world and social media to promote work? This is um 
This is a very debatable topic. I mean, I've heard from both sides of the stories that, you know, social media is really bad, like you shouldn't use it. But for me, I found it like the only way I've gotten work. It's like, I use Instagram a lot. So I have like my film account and I post a lot of like things that I'm doing on there. And, you know, people like come into my DMs and be like, I like your work. I want to work with you. So for me, growing up in a generation where technology is a thing, I haven't found anything negative about it so far, of course. Like when you're like 14, 15, you'll use it to like, I know, talk about your friends behind your back. Not that I would, you know, there's a lot of like when you're younger, like to do that. I was never involved in it, don't worry. But it can be seen as like a negative thing. But for me and my career, it's been so great. And I mean, I actually, like while on the topic online, I have filmed a short film in June which I've directed and it's about sort of disability, but it's also about online. Um, but the logline is after failing to get matches on a dating website, Jamie Baker, a 24 year old amputee decides to catfish his way into dates. That was um, a really, that was probably the hardest thing I've ever shot. We had all our actors were disabled or from the disabled community. And it was really, really, it was actually really tough to find disabled actors, especially with a budget of ours, because all the disabled agencies we contacted wouldn't talk to me because our budget was like 800 pounds or something. And it just really opened my eyes like, wow, like this is why a lot of films about disability don't actually cast like disabled actors because it is so hard to find disabled actors on, a, I guess, a lower budget or a budget where, you know, isn't as heard of like, you know, ITV or like Channel 4 or whatever, or Netflix even. So yeah, it really opened my eyes. It's probably one of the toughest projects and that, I'm going to be completely honest, made cemented the, the realization that maybe directing isn't for me. And I know that's like, it's really tough because throughout a young age, like directing is all I've wanted to do. I've been like directing, directing, directing. Like that's what I want to do. Like that's the career that I want to have but after going to uni and actually experiencing you know working because I'd never worked with a budget before I'd never the only things I'd done with like with my family or with my my friends um with like a little camera and we'd just gone out somewhere but this was like full schedule full budget full everything and I actually found the process so stressful to a point when it was like this isn't even enjoyable anymore like I, I don't know if anyone else in the, in the industry relates to this but like the pressure that you have, like when you're directing is so immense and so like intense that it takes amount of character that you have to like smile through it. And obviously it was only an 800 pound film. It wasn't, you know, a Netflix blockbuster, but that just showed like, even with only a hundred pound budget, how stressful it can be. And that's why yeah. post-production is something that I really enjoy because you don't have to deal with all the nitty gritty of scheduling and, you know, coming to set at 5am and, you know, all that nonsense. You can just be in an edit suite and have all the footage laid out for you and you can just cut it together like a piece of cake that you're making. You've got the butter, you've got the eggs, you've got the milk, you've got the cheese. Maybe it's a cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> You, you put it together and it's, it's something that is playable and malleable. But I just love editing. Like, I think editing is really where I want to go. And it's so much less stressful, if I'm completely honest. No, I completely understand what you're talking about. And you know what? I think sometimes the lower budget things that you do or the no budget things that you do can sometimes be so much more stressful. Like working where you have to you know keep budgets low and where you have to be constantly conscious of 
scheduling and timing for not over, you know, working overtime or anything can it plays a lot more on your mind than like the kind of big budget things because you have money to play with then coming back to kind of like the online relating online kind of theme that we were talking about before so do you find that like you were saying that you find a lot of work online do you find that's the best way to kind of find your work or I read on your website that you really enjoy going to film festivals would you find that that's a, a more productive way to find work or the online social media kind of presence yeah I guess it's a bit of both I mean for me like I only went to a few film festivals and then the pandemic hit and it's been really difficult to like have a face-to-face conversation I find especially as a young person it's really tough I've only been to a few fest- film festivals because so I can't speak for everyone but for me personally, I found it harder because when I was going, I was like 16, 15 even. And I found it really hard to relate to, you know, the veterans of the film industry. And they look at me and be like, who is this fresh newbie? Like, who are you? Like, why are you talking to me? So I found social media easier because everyone sort of in my generation and older and, you know, younger even um, are using these platforms to communicate. I found, you know, Facebook groups really useful. You know, there's Facebook groups, loads of people post jobs on there. I found a load of jobs on there. And that's how I met a director called Katie O'Hara. And we've done a couple documentaries together. That's literally how I met her through Facebook Marketplace. Marketplace? Why am I saying Marketplace? You know what I mean? (laughs) Facebook groups. I know like what I'm you gonna, mean. I'm gonna go buy. I'm gonna go go buy some crew. No, it's not like that. Um, <laughs> but like you know, Facebook groups. I found them. Found her on there, and you know, from there, I met other crew, and now we're like interlinked. So it's sort of like you meet one person online, and then they can connect you with like 50 other people. I think for my generation, I guess I could say for all generations, because every every generation uses social media. But for me personally, growing up. Social media has been so great at finding jobs, in in my personal opinion. And do you think that the kind of anonymity of social media or of the online world helps in the kind of uh, breaking that out of your comfort zone, breaking into finding new jobs, reaching out to new people and even telling stories that might be harder to tell, you know, when you're showing a piece at a festival online, being able to show something? No, definitely. I don't think I would be like the type of person I was without social media because it's almost like a barrier. Because when I was younger, I was like really confident. But now I'm like older. I always think like, oh, what are people thinking? Like, oh, what are they going to say about me? But social media and, you know, even YouTube and like posting your work there, it's it's a barrier between you and the negative kind of comments, I guess. And it's like really complicated to explain. But no, I found it. I found it really great I think the fact that you can be whoever you want to be on the internet I know that's not always a good thing but you can portray more confident than you are in real life and it can really help you get jobs and you know get people to trust you I know it's I'm not explaining it right but yeah I I I find it is great because I I'm definitely more confident than I am online than I am a real person no I I think I get what you mean I think a lot of people will understand what you mean that maybe for like dating or like things like that portraying yourself as a different kind of confidence is maybe not a great thing but for like giving yourself that extra confidence boost when it comes to like jobs or when it comes to you know reaching out to new people to work with that kind of little boost of not having to be in person and 
you know figure out how to converse with somebody is it's very helpful that's I have found that as well myself even with the podcast if it hadn't been online maybe I wouldn't have been able to put myself forward to host it you know a lot of things like that I definitely think it's easier to get a foot in the door when you're not having to meet somebody face to face where you can just type it and kind of think about it before you say it 100% in your film projects have you used social media or online interactions kind of to aid in your research or to aid ideas for films? Yeah, I mean, for my recent one, social media was the only place that I found the actors for my film because obviously all the disabled agencies wouldn't talk to me because of my budget. So I was like, right, if they're not going to talk to me, I'm just going to do some research and find them online. And I like, literally all I typed in was like amputee actors UK. And it gave me like a long list. And then by name search, I just name searched it into Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the social medias. And it came up with their profiles and then I DM them personally. And that's yeah. literally the only way I got them interested in my project. Because if I'd gone through the disabled agency route, I would have had to pay, you know, the disabled agencies to like for me to even talk to them. And, you know, on a budget of £800, that's just not realistic. So definitely for researching yeah. and like promoting my film, social media has been so great. And it's given me a lot of avenues and paths that I don't think I would have been able to go down otherwise. Do you find, I know you've said that you haven't had much of an experience with film festivals, that you've, you've only been to a few personally, but obviously you've been experiencing the shift to a lot of them being online as well over the last uh, few years of the pandemic. So do you find that uh, like an online audience is harsher or like softer going than like maybe one at a film festival or, you know, one that's more film head based, you know, that there's kind of a wider audience, I think, online than just people who are maybe really interested in film? I mean, I've had a couple um, of my films get into film festivals, which honestly, I was like blown away by. I was like really shocked that I even got in, but um, they were online and I found it probably harder if I'm honest because I wasn't face to face with an audience I couldn't see how they were reacting and a lot of people that had their cameras off and they had their mics off and you know it was just like me and like probably the host of the the film festival on show so personally I enjoy in-person film festivals I found with the pandemic and everything online film festivals have been really tough for me personally because when you pour your like heart and soul into a film and you want to show it to an audience and you want to see how they are reacting with an online thing you don't really get that and you don't get the same atmosphere I find I mean it's just it's been really great because obviously people that probably wouldn't be able to travel to the film festival mm -hmm. are able to come to the film festival now so that's been really great I mean I went to one in America even and obviously I'm not from America um, and I would never be able to travel there because I'm a broke student but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know it's it's been really great to experience um, opportunities like that that I probably wouldn't have been able to have but at the same time I do think the atmosphere of a in-person film festival is way better. Moving on to kind of the online world as a, I suppose an educational tool do you find that social media or like the online world google everything like that in general is a useful tool helping you find new like editorial or directorial techniques or new things that you're kind of interested in or do you ever get like inspired by different things that you see online no I think the internet is the best and the worst place to be at the same time but for me personally I was taught at uni, you have your uni work, but then you have your 
own personal studies. And for me, I'm not a big reader. I find reading really tough, but YouTube and like watching tutorials and watching, you know, other filmmakers and techniques, I found that just amazing. Like I've learned so much through the internet and through self-teaching. Like when I was 13 and I got Premiere Pro, I was given it and I had no clue how to use it. Literally no clue. I watched a couple of tutorials on YouTube and I'm literally six years down the line now. You know, I consider myself, you know, pretty confident editor and you know if, if that wasn't for YouTube I don't know where I would be if I'm honest like so imagine reading a book about Premiere Pro how boring would that be I think it's really great for getting information quickly being like oh what is ISO or what's aperture you can just type it in an internet will come up and you'll be like bam straight on and even like I guess on professional sets like I've seen people do that. I've seen people like literally type in like questions like, oh, how do you do this? How do you do that? How to get into the film industry? How to write a script? How to do this? How to do that? How to do that? It's so great at getting information quickly. So yeah, I think it's been really great for self-learning. And if you can't go to uni or like you want to do a different thing, like YouTube is the best place and it's free. Like what's better than free? Like it's basically free film school. Do you find that um, you tend to find more like films or film styles or even like film like-minded people online over other platforms, like other platforms like in-person meetings or like film festivals or things like this. Do you gravitate more towards the online world for finding things like that? Yeah, I guess like, you know, inspiration and sharing things. It's so easy like to like send over a link to like your portfolio or send a link to a film that you're interested in it's uh, I don't know it's really tough like obviously with the pandemic it's been really really difficult so these last two years I've been honing in my social media skills to like you know share my work but no I think it's been really great like just to meet people online to like just text them and be like oh how did you find that or did you like this part and like you get to watch whatever you want online if you're brave enough um <laughs> i know it's been it's been really great i've met a lot of people online that i probably wouldn't have met in person um and like yeah i just i think it's great really and i i actually saw a website called shop deck and if you've heard of it shop deck but you can type in whatever you want on this website you just create an account and then you type in i know phone or something phone mid shop and it will come up with every film that has ever been made with a screenshot of that. And you can look at all the inspiration for that. Um, so obviously it's not related to social media, but webs like the internet in general, like stuff like that, it's just so useful for finding inspiration and just sharing content with other creative people. Just on that kind of theme as well, do you find you find people or projects or stuff that you relate to like personally online easier? Or do you find that like you draw people in that will relate to projects that you're making or that you have made easier online? Yeah, I mean, I saw a film once online. It was about, it was called uh, First Round, right? And it was still to this day, probably one of the best short films I've seen on the internet. And it's basically about a woman who's preparing for a fight and she's pregnant, right? Throughout the whole time she's pregnant, she's preparing for this fight. And at the end, I'm just going to spoil the ending because, you know, we're here now. Um, at the end, and she gets knocked out and you're all like, oh my gosh, she's pregnant. Like, why are you hitting this pregnant woman? And then it cuts to basically her at a bar being like, oh, it's all right. It's only one round. And it's kind of like that correlation of like boxing is only one round, but you can get beaten up and your baby will get 
messed up and then drinking is only one round so it's like the two correlations honestly one of the best films I've ever watched and it still sticks in my brain to this day so yeah social media is the best at finding films and seeing stuff and it's all for free and you know we love free things so (laughs) (laughs) you know when you're like broke and you have no money and you're a student free things because sometimes film festivals you do have to pay for them it it depends like of course but like the bfi i think you have to pay for like a pass or whatever like that's money like but on the internet and like sharing things with your friends it's all free it's perfect i think so this is a good time, I think, to ask one of our recurring questions. So I'm going to ask you the Mumblecore question. And this is a question that's affectionately nicknamed after one of our executive producers, Katie, who uh, did our first podcast with us and get the best answer to this question that I think we've ever had. The Mumblecore question is, what character or film or genre do you think best describes you? Oh, what, what film, character or genre? Oh gosh, that's a really tough one, actually. I've never had to think about that before. Um, oh, I, I get this a lot. Okay, actually, seeing as we're here, I'd be the first person to die in a horror film. Right? <laughs> I get this a lot. I get this a lot. From people that around me, they always say, if you were in a horror film, you would die first. That's me, pretty much. Okay, it's really crazy to explain, but you know how everyone in like horror films, like if you die first, like the, the really stupid ones, like the ones who like go up the stairway when like they can hear someone up the stairway and they're like, oh, let's go see what's going on over there. Like <laughs> that that's me. Like I would go towards something and be like, oh, sorry, my mistake, but I would be dead. So <laughs> I get I get it a lot. They were like, if Bella, if there was an apocalypse you are being left behind because oh you God. just you just slow everyone down i bet you yeah if there was an apocalypse i would just like be with my camera and be like on i'll be i'll be so i wouldn't even know there was an apocalypse because i would have my headphones on i'd be editing you know there'll be like machine guns like tanks arriving like zombies all around the house but i would have my my noise cancelling headphones on you know editing on premiere pro i would be so unaware of what's happening so that's why if i was anything i'd be the first person to die in a horror film okay that's a fantastic answer (laughs) i think sorry katie i think that's one of the best answers that we've had oh my gosh that's brilliant i love that so the second part of the podcast we generally kind of lean more towards away from all the serious stuff and more towards sharing our love for film inspirations etc things like that all the nice mushy things from both an editorial and directorial standpoint where do you draw inspiration from for film projects I guess you could always say like who's your favorite director you get that a lot like who who's your favorite director I really love Chris Columbus and it's so like it's so typical you're like oh you know Steven Spielberg, you know, Christopher Lambert, all those. But when I was a kid, like, it's going to get like kind of deep now, but whatever. Like I was like in hospital a lot as a kid. And so films were like the only thing that would keep me entertained because obviously my, I come from a big family. So my parents couldn't stay with me all the time. And so films are sort of like my escape from everything. There was a particular film, Miss Doubtfire. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, um, yeah. I absolutely love Robin Williams, like... And like, so unfortunate, I never got to meet him. But that film, like how he like, is so silly in his character, like, you know, sets his fake boobs on fire and like puts his face like a cake full of cream and like 
gets away with it. Or like my favorite scene is like when he gets on a bus, his, his stockings are on show and his hairy legs are on show. And the bus driver is like, oh, like trying to hit on him. And then he looks down and sees the hairy legs and he's like, what? I guess that's like my inspiration, like seeing his films and like seeing what they could do for someone like me in my situation. Like I kind of want to be the same for like that other person. Like I want to be that escape Definitely Chris Columbus and just everyone in film is amazing. Like if you choose this as a career, you're an amazing person because you bring entertainment and escapism for so many people in this world. So even everyone, all the way down to runners, all the way up to directors, you make the film industry happen. And I think everyone should be appreciated. So much love to you all. That's such a sweet answer. I love that. That's the sweetest moment that we've had on the podcast so far, I think. Thank you so much for bringing that to us so lovely you've said Chris Columbus and Robin Williams and some of those big names are some of your inspirations for film projects but in the industry are there any other like maybe behind the scenes people on or off screen or actors or any other people that inspire you or inspired you to make you want to start in the industry I guess I I have a big love for comedy films and rom-coms. The Holiday is like a film that I would watch on repeat, I'll be honest. And when the scene, when she like starts crying, um, that's like, honestly, like tears. I'm not a big crier, but that will send me to tears. Um, So yeah, I guess I can't think, I know it's kind of bad, like, oh, you should know your favorite director off the top of your head. But um, I I love like comedy films, like rom-com films and a lot of people like give it hate like a lot of people give rom-com films hate and I'm like why are you giving it hate like it's a rom-com like expect like the expected like it's like people who go see like Marvel films like I don't like Marvel films because they're so you kind of know what's going to happen the good guy's going to win and the bad guy's going to lose the end but I love all types of rom-com films I guess that's my inspiration and I'm really sorry I can't name any like directors or like people behind the scenes but the people who make like Love Actually and uh, The Holiday and um, it's not even a rom-com but Mean Girls she's the man I grew up with like all of those type of ones Richard Curtis thank you I just got <laughs> see I'm really I'm really I'm, I apologize I'm really bad with names I have a really poor memory of names and I feel like oh no, that's fine or like in, or if you're in an industry, like you should know your names, but just just people who make feel good films. I love to come out of the cinema feeling good. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like inspiration for me, I guess, Richard Curtis, because he made my love and my entertainment and he makes me cry on a daily basis. So thank you. <laughs> I'm actually, I found my soul sister. I think I love rom-coms, rom-coms, my favorite genre of film. And I get so much hate for loving rom-coms. So I'm glad I found somebody very like-minded. <laughs> you want to feel good. Yeah, you want to cry during a rom-com as well, but uh, yeah. they make you feel good and they make you happy. And it's always yeah. a nice always a nice resolution that's what I want to see exactly I want to go home and watch or go to the cinema and watch (laughs) is there a piece of advice that you now would look back and give to your younger self or even yourself before getting into film college or before starting out making film projects or in the industry I mean how much time do we have left I mean (laughs) (laughs) there are so many things that I have looked back and be like oh why did I do that? Like, that's just so silly. But like everything that I've done has led me up to this moment. So even though I personally wouldn't change anything, I think if I had one thing of advice, it would just be like, 
keep pushing for what you want. I know it's such a cliche thing, like, oh, follow your dreams, follow your passions. But at the end of the day, no one else is going to push you except for you. You have to really want this. You have to really just want to be here. Because I feel like not all, but, you know, some people are like, oh, if I go into the film industry, like, I'll be rich and famous. That's really great. But like, don't be going into it for that. Go into it for your passion, for your drive. And just no matter what anyone tells you, just keep striving to be better. Like keep working at yourself because there's always room for improvement. Like if I went back to my first ever film and been like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm going to give it to the Oscars. You know, I'm going to win an Oscar. No, it was shot in like 480p. And it was like with the shaky cam and like it was really badly edited and no sound design. Every time I want to see it, I want to throw myself in the bin. But... <laughs> <laughs> Like you have to keep working on yourself and knowing that, that even though your best is your best, no, it isn't your best. You could always do better. That's a great piece of advice, I think. I think you've pretty much answered it, but I'm going to ask you again, just to solidify it, one of our questions that we ask every guest as well, the film that got you into film. I guess the one film that I always go back to is either Back to the Future because I love films about like the past I don't know what it is but like seeing what the future could be like I love thinking about that but yeah Missed Out Fire is my one and true because even though it may have not had the best ratings it's a a story that has a good narrative and I think that's the main thing and I think that's what a lot of new films are forgetting the story that's about that's everything I like you know they're all thinking oh we had need to have the like the best costumes the best all of this no the story is what matters and that's why even though Missed Out Fire isn't like the best you know shot thing it isn't like crazy cinematic it hasn't got like the black bars you know it's a story from the heart it's it's a story that I guess everyone could relate to and can relate to so that's why it will forever and always be my love and my inspiration now, this is the space that I give you time to plug whatever you want to plug. So before we finish up, before you wrap up, plug away. I guess um, if I'm plugging here, um, if you can follow me, well, if you want to, follow me on my Instagram, which is Bella Roberts underscore film. And in that bio, you can see my portfolio and you can see all my work. So if you're interested in that, click the link in my bio on my film account. Thanks for listening, guys. Great. Thank you so much, Bella, for coming on. It's been such a great time chatting with you. I've had so much fun. And we're going to pop the links to your socials and the links to any projects or any portfolios or whatever in the description of the podcast. So do check out Bella on Instagram and make sure to follow her to stay up to date with all of her projects. And thank you so much, Bella, for coming on. It's been such a great chat. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Thank you so much to Bella for joining me this week. Links to Bella's socials will be posted in the description of this podcast. And do keep an eye out for interesting updates about her work and upcoming projects. A big thank you to Ethan Sweeney, our wonderful producer and composer of the music you've heard throughout the episode. Dara Hogan, the editor of this week's podcast. And Katie Lee Lynch, our executive producer. Please do tune back in for our next episode, which will be announced in all our socials. I have been and will continue to be Molly Cantwell. And thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.